Welcome to The Player's Voice, a podcast brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. My name is Alan O'Mara, a former Cavan goalkeeper now working as a performance and well-being consultant. As host of this series featuring some of Ireland's most inspiring athletes, I'm delighted to be joined for episode 12 by Connor McDonald. Connor McDonald's rise to the top level of inter-county hurling was meteoric. In 2013, when most people his age were worried about the leaving cert, Connor was already living his dream having played for the Wexford Miners, under-21s and then the senior team in the space of a few short weeks. He was just 17 when he made his senior debut. He has won three Leinster under-21 titles in a row and helped Wexford win their first Leinster senior title for 15 years back in 2019. Connor has known who he was as a hurler since a very young age, but his journey for self-discovery as a person is ongoing. We talked about the fear of failure, identity, asking for help, developing weaknesses, entrepreneurship, and much, much more. This podcast is brought to you as part of Bio360, a GPA program that empowers inter-county players across four key areas, life skills, well-being, dual career, and transitions. Please go to bio360.gaelicplayers.com to learn more. Thanks for listening. First of all, Connor, I just wanted to say thank you very much for taking the time to join us today on The Player's Voice. As I was researching and reading about you over the last couple of days, I suppose one of the things that jumped out with me and where I was going to start was how quickly you you rose through the ranks as a hurler in Wexford. I know you, I, from looking at it, I saw you played three years minor, four years under 21, made a senior debut at 17. So the progress was kind of very quick and rapid, it seems, from the, certainly from the outside. You're 26 years of age now, right? Yeah, 26. When you look back on kind of that time window of your life, what was that time of your life like? Yeah, well, I, I actually, I sat my leaving cert in, in 2013 and uh, when I look back on it now, it was probably the least of my worries, um, which is a little bit abnormal for a, a, a young person my age. At the time, it's normally the forefront of everyone's uh, year, um, simply because I suppose just from a young age, I just wanted to be, get to the top as soon as I could. Um it was it was definitely mental the summer of 2013 uh, i often speak to my friends about it but, you know it's the summer you leave school it's the last summer off we'll say before you have to pro- properly get summer jobs and or, or proper jobs or you know go to college or whatever it may be so um it was a roller coaster uh we were beaten in a leinster semi-final um from in our, in the minor championship there against leash which was a, a relatively big shock um, and then the following week I was asked to go in with the 21s uh, in, and start the Leinster final so it was just a snowball effect um, probably two years went by uh, just like that of, of that kind of thing happening um, you know the following, following Thursday after the Leinster 21s final I ended up uh, being asked into the seniors and then that Saturday made my debut so from being, you know, a crazy year to a crazy week, really, uh, was was where it started, and I suppose it just snowballed then into twenty fourteen. We had a, uh, probably one of our be- better years, um, from a Wexford kind of senior point of view, um, and it kind of kick started a new team, really, um, to where we are today, I suppose. But uh, it was definitely a, a mental time, 
very enjoyable um, and I suppose it was just something that I always wanted to do and it was kind of living living the dream uh, of, of, of being an inter-county hurler and scoring goals and points which is you know what she, what I always wanted to do so um, yeah fond memories some heartbreaks and stuff like that of course but uh, yeah I wouldn't change it for the world Where did that love and that kind of drive or passion for hurling come from you know as you said there you're doing your leaving cert and you're probably sitting in the classroom and looking out the window or seeing some goalposts or looking out at the clouds thinking I want to be, I'd rather be out there what kind of where did that come from do you think I think like primary school um St. Joseph's there in, in Gorey we we had a lot of su- success there we probably we had a nice good underage team um in the club as well and the two of them were linking over and you know the two kind of main teachers involved were heavily involved in the club um and it was kind of we're like in Gorey there's only one one team really uh one club GA club so you know it was it was kind of from there where you know, you got the Grawford and you you just you look into sixth class and you're in fourth class and you want to be better than them and that's kind of where I was at really. I always kind of wanted to be the best player on the team and um you know I was in ways you know if I seen guys who were up to the age at under twelve or fourteen playing intercounty, you know, at Tony Forrester level or Arabon level, I was nearly jealous I suppose as a 10 year old which is which is outrageous to think um, but realistically and honestly talking about it uh, that's what I was so I suppose that's where everything came from and that's where I just wanted to just get better and better and better so um, I definitely say the school and then the club had a massive impact as well It sounds like from, from you talking there you had quite a a sense of like fearlessness and confidence from a very young age am I picking that up? Yeah, and um, I suppose a, a good a good kind of chunk of my my um, my younger days and being in school and stuff, I I actually was boxing at a pretty high level as well. So that kind of you know I suppose never say die attitude and I suppose it, like to be realistic about it when you're when you're in a ring and you've no hiding place, that's you know if you're handy enough at that you know, you're, you're, you're going to have some sort of kind of self-confidence and, you know, going into a team sport and you, you're going to push yourself as if you were, like the way the way we always kind of said in boxing club was like, you've, you've either done the work or you haven't and, you know, you're you're that's how you're going to win or that's how you're going to lose and deep down you know that. So I kind of tried to bring as much as that into team sports and bring it into hurling football from a young age really and that's kind of, I suppose, where I got the the fearlessness as such that you're, you're speaking of. And how did you find that comparison of boxing, obviously such an individual sport, very much you've either done the work or you have, and then if you haven't, you're going to get some smacks in the face probably, yeah, yeah. Um, versus like a team sport environment where you're more dependent on others and trying to, you know, be be a leader or be a driver of a group. What was that kind of relationship like for you? Yeah, like back then I probably didn't I didn't uh, acknowledge it as much but I, I suppose like looking back on it now I probably would have taken the same kind of uh, attitude towards both um, I knew if I was absolutely maximising myself and took that boxing attitude into hurling um, that I would have got their same rewards from a personal point of view which in turn would hopefully bring on bring on the team and like you said there bring some leadership qualities because if you're not your own leader in the ring, like you said, you're going to get a fair few smacks in the face. So, um, 
yeah, look at it. It was looking back on it, it was a transition, but it was not something that I really acknowledged or was aware of when I was when I was that age. And like from a from a young age again, Connor McDonald, it sounds like sport or that kind of competitive aspect was a huge part of your identity as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Sure, anything that was going, if there was soccer games in the school, you know, literally anything. It was uh, I was just looking to and even like golf or tennis you know there was a summer there where we just lost our minds playing tennis and you know everyone thought they were Rafa Nadal and the whole lot but uh, I know look at it was just like being competitive and 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 being active is is something that kind of has just always been there for me um competitive sometimes you know not all for the right reasons but just you know the enjoyment factor sometimes when your best friends are beating in a game of tennis or or in a game of golf can be can be a bit mad but um yeah look at it it's, it's always been a thing in my life when you say not all for the right reasons what do you mean i would sure look you know like take golf for an example like it's a thing that you need to practice all the time something that you need to dedicate some time to, to get better at and even at that you can have it, you he can have uh, more off days than than good days and <laughs> that frustrates me more than anything and when I see a couple of my friends who I think I might be better than or think I should be beaten in a game of golf for, like I said for example it's uh, it frustrates me more than anything okay we might circle back to that one a little later yeah yeah um, <laughs> and then like I suppose as so I'm hearing that competitive, that competitive drive, Connor, and I'm hearing that kind of love of sports and competition and striving to push yourself and to go against either older players or compete to the best standard that you can. And then, so you come straight into a minor team, um, you're there, and then you go straight into under 21 team. And I suppose, what was it like then to go from competing to tasting like real success with that under 21 group where you win three Leinster titles in a row, correct? Yeah, three, yeah. So what what was that like to kind of make that transition from, listen, I'm trying to be as good as I can, I'm trying to climb the ladder here, I want to be part of success, and then you get to experience something like that? Um, well, it just, to be honest, like it just felt absolutely unbelievable. It's, it's when, you're, when you're younger and you're looking at other teams and for a long time looking at other counties do these things, you're... you're you're hoping and, and dreaming and, and thinking of what you would do in these situations but when you get there I suppose it's just about enjoying it Um, uh, you know you've done the work you've put in the yards and like you don't just become successful from 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 doing nothing or just uh, you know look and take you so far maybe in a game or in a championship the odd time but uh, it's not going to win a championship for you or it's not going to you know get you over the line in, in finals every single time you go into them but um, look there was a, like a, a, a lot of enjoyment in, in those couple of years especially in the three in a row um, for Leinster um, and that was it uh, that was that was it we were just kind of all living in the moment playing our style and that was that was it it was it was really enjoyable times yeah, it must be, I suppose the under 21 or the under 20 now is in particular kind of a, it. one of the unique things about it is it's the kind of last chance you get to play with people of your age and to play with your peers that maybe you've come through development squads with or got to school with or in college together with. Um, so it's really kind of a, it's kind of like a, it's a unique kind of 
what's the correct what am I trying to say here um like it's, it's unique for, grade it, isn't it even in itself it's it's a unique uh, competition it's everything about it just has this kind of magic there's always seems to be a magic about it there's a knockout you know um you know it was always last chance saloon like it was like you said there it's all like every game was potentially the last game that you'd have as an underage player and that was the biggest thing for me it was just always off the cuff it was always you know this could be your last and you know if you lose there's no back door um, and I suppose for the for two out of the three years well for three out of the three it was uh, it was basically you know you're playing senior and you might have a back door if you get beaten whereas there it was just always frantic stuff you know get as many scores on the board as you can and it was kind of a bit more free and you see better games I felt um, yeah so it was it was mad and did you particularly playing with lads at your own age and you're someone who's been in the senior one and you're coming back down to under 21 did you see that as an opportunity to kind of really express yourself and to be a leader of of that group in a way where um you know you really get to be at the forefront of of a group or with, with your peers at your age um I, well in ways you'd, you'd probably have some sort of responsibility to to kind of I don't know leadership kind of I don't like leadership kind of takes a, a you know a, a journey of itself um some players will will show leadership in different ways and I wouldn't be someone who would come in and just you know try to lose their mind speaking to everyone it, you know something at times it was tough coming back because and I I find it I find it as well at the playing club you know, when, when it wasn't a split season and you go back to play with the club in April, say, and you've put the hard yards in with with uh, with Wexford and you go back to your club and, um, you know, they've put the hard yards in together and then we're all kind of binding as one to play two rounds of championship or whatever it may be. And it does take a couple of weeks. Now, come here, your best friends are on the team, which is weird. But just that gel and that bond is, it, like, it knits back fairly quick. Um, and in fairness, like our club are, are really good for that. But I remember um, Owen Malloy, another fellow in my club, he he was um, he was brought into the senior panel one year. And I remember going back from our last training with Davey and I told him, I said, like, listen, we're going club training for a couple of weeks now. And it's it's uh, it's going you're going to feel weird like it's and he said, no, no, the lads like and I was like, yeah, OK, we'll we'll see. He came up to me, trained a Tuesday. I didn't speak to him, and on the Friday before the train, he came up to me and said, "Oh my God, like you're you're dead right." Um, and I suppose in ways it was the very same with twenty ones going back from back from senior. Um, you know, Neil O'Loughlin, it's a different management. Was Neil O'Loughlin was training the lads seriously, seriously well. Um, and at times we went back to under twenty one, and we're like, "Holy crap!" Like, you know, this is this is top class training. So, um, but in regards to your leadership question. It was just something I love to just interact with people as early as possible, as quick as possible, break down any barriers that were there and just be myself. And if I'm acting like a leader, then that's that's just going to take its natural course, really. Excellent. Um, and then I suppose, was it ever a struggle then? Like, as you said, you're talking those jumping, juggling those different teams. I know 
like there's going to be different like players from all over the country listening to this conversation like did you ever struggle with that sense of trying to juggle those commitments and then trying to perform to your best in different environments where maybe you haven't been there or don't have a um aren't fully in tune with the group because you're just been dropping back into play out of kind of not out of the blue but you know what i'm trying to say yeah yeah like i, I remember at times you know you'd go back um for maybe a a practice game or you're you're a couple of weeks out from the first round of championship and you know you're you're playing with different fellas than you've than you've played with for four months you know you can play you just it just takes time to to i suppose integrate with the players that you're playing with like if i'm playing in a full forward line the two corner forwards aren't under 21 for the senior and then you know you're you're kind of thinking okay well what does this fella do how does he move what's the story there so I think the biggest thing there was was the relationship between the twenty ones manager and and the and the senior manager and making sure that there was enough time there to to reintegrate the players back and or take them when we needed them and you know I suppose mix and match as best we could as often we could so so it wouldn't become a become a big issue you know when when you when you break through as the kind of seventeen eighteen year old and you go straight to senior Connor is is any of that a challenge for you in terms of going from being like the main man in your age group to like being in a, dr- a dressing room with probably lads you've looked up to had been going to see to play um normally those senior intercounty dressing rooms as well like have their own groups and their own kind of lads that have been there for a number of years was that difficult in any way for you um from a from a from a human perspective it was okay because i just like generally I just kind of go straight at stuff as in if I didn't know anybody I go straight in I'd I'd just be myself and and try kind of express myself as as best as possible um I have to admit I was going in and it was a daunting thing to go into a a a dressing room full of full of players like the likes of Keith Rossler, Rory Jacob these you know experienced campaigners who've who've been around the block and um were well respected around the country never mind you know in 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 just that dressing room so it was it was daunting but I remember going down and I just had that excitement to first of all be able to go train with them and then I suppose my kind of instincts took over then and I always had that thing where you know I wouldn't be asked in unless I was you know good enough or 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 you know someone believed in me or or thought there was something there for me to to go do or, or a dream to chase and that's kind of always the the thing I had in my head well like if you're young enough you're you're or if you're you're good enough you're young enough or whatever it is and and uh that was it really it was it, to be fair going into the the group of players I went into as well like the lads I mentioned the minute I went in they were sitting beside me shaking my hand and you know any questions let us know make sure I always had the gear and the whole lot which was which was lovely and it's something that I would like to think that I'm kind of passing down now as I'm kind of going to the, that stage of my career now that any young lad that comes in feels comfortable comfortable as, as early as possible because uh, yeah it like I can only imagine that if it wasn't the case it would be very difficult yeah no it's 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 such an important part of it again like as as players come through i know the reason i kind of asked her on that is a lot of the time players struggle with that transition of coming out from being an underage kind of star or kind of a leading figure to then trying to find a role or an identity within a team that you know some players that are probably for the first time in your life 
lot better than you in some ways uh, or far yeah. more experienced than you um like kind of following that train of thought like then it must have been such an exciting time for in Wexford when you have that underage under 21 success that kind of fans the flames of probably optimism and of hope for potential and talent to be there to build something um so what was it like to come to come true in that window um and did it did you did you struggle as a collective at at the, at the beginning to try and translate that success or was there always a sense that you knew you were building towards something well i tell you for the first two years of that uh that kind of bit of uh success there with the under 21 um there probably would have been 10 to 12 players who would have been involved with the senior panel so again that's what made it that little bit easier um to translate and I suppose once we got that little bit of success we were kind of just feeding off each other and we kind of had that kind of we no fear really um you know a lot of people used to always say to to, to us like oh Kilkenny this Kilkenny that or whatever and you know even the older fellas in the panel and you know from a Leinster's perspective like Dublin were ahead of, of Wexford for a couple of years over you know everyone we were just getting beat and we just went through three years under 21 where we'd beaten everyone in Leinster so Beat everybody exactly so like and we went the hard way about winning say two out of the three we went the hard way you know uh, we bet everybody you know basically um, and uh you know, I just, apart from a personal point of view, and I know a lot of the lads were different, were, were the same, you know, we went in thinking, right, well, we've grew up beating these, the same as Kilkenny had grew up beating Wexford for the years previous to that. So they don't, they them older fellas never feared Wexford, so why should we fear them now? Um, and I think as a collective of that small group, that kind of transferred into the older guys then, Um sure Keith Roster and these fellas would, would agree with that and that's why we had that kind of good few runs then you know into the into the 2014 and 16 and into Davies era then from 17 on you know yeah totally um, when you get that kind of blend of of fearlessness and youth coming through that's then able to kind of to merge with older players with experience who maybe actually have frustrations and have had some bad experiences but that can yeah. kind of really come together uh, to, to drive things forward and I suppose to that end then and kind of wrapping up the, some of the on-field stuff like what was it like then to make that breakthrough at senior level in it was 2019 Connor right um, to follow up with that senior success in Leinster yeah, look at sure it was special. Um, it was it was one of the best days you you'll ever have. Is is winning in Crow Park, it's stuff you dream of. Um, we were beaten in a final in twenty seventeen, and you you know the heart you have there like is 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 crazy. But just to get over the line in a final, and again uh, against your arch rivals, it's it's in any sport to you know to to beat your arch rivals in a final is stuff you've always dreamed of. You know. Um, and I'm sure Kilkenny lads would say the same they'd, they'd like nothing better than to be beating Wexford uh, the same as Tip and Cork or you know um, so look at it it was it was special special day uh, and I, I suppose it's just it was one of those things that you you ticked off the list and you know it's it's one it's one thing that you want and you just want to strive and get it again and get those feelings back and 
feel the euphoria that you felt you you know it was our first taste of that in front of a big crowd and um yeah it's it's something that uh you nearly feel like an addict like you want it again and again so um look at sure that's why we're we're still there and that's why we're you know sure. doing a hard slog now <laughs> yeah and i suppose so well, well that's all going on and that's connor mcdonald the hurler and wexford hurling and you're striving to be your best life off the field what's that like around that time so i know you said earlier you're still you were doing the leaving cert initially um but then you go you went to ucd first into, into college is that right yeah i went to ucd um to be honest with you like i went to ucd and i probably didn't know what i wanted to do um every guidance counselor would have told me go be a teacher you know you're going to you're going to love it for the holidays you'll be hurling in the summer and i suppose i i i just uh i like i said to you from the start my my leaving cert was probably down to pecking order in my in regards to my priorities and i do you know something i probably i probably would have if i'd have put my head to that as even half as much as i did my hurling i would have done even better than what i did and i like i was probably middle of the road in regards to my points but i just didn't see I didn't have a four or five year plan simply because I just didn't know what I wanted to do. And I, I just went with the simple option to, oh yeah, okay, I'll listen. If they're saying that to me, I'll, I'll listen to them. And um, I soon realized it wasn't it wasn't for me. Um, I, I, you know, I kind of half went too far in regards to sticking it out or, or not sticking it out or letting on that I'm in college or you know probably for a, a you know a fear of failure in some ways um you know uh, what people would think of me and uh, what's the you know where am i going if i drop out of college it seemed to be the thing that everyone was doing whereas i suppose now you see everyone doing a lot of people coming out of school doing apprenticeships and stuff like that and you know there's different paths for for different people and and uh i just suppose at the time i just went with the crowd and 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 you know, I would. I don't regret it because I know I've I've came out out of that an awful lot stronger, and I've a bit more of a clear idea of what I'm trying to do with my life. Um, but yeah, off the field, it, again, it was it was it was a back burner for probably until maybe twenty sixteen. Um, so there was that three year block of I'm a hurler, like um, and and I don't know what I want to do afterwards, and you know that's that's that was it. Um. It wasn't. It wasn't a, a good thing to do, but it was definitely something that I don't regret because I know I, I've kind of grew as a person off the pitch for for that. Yeah, I know. It's always like when if I would do, I've done a lot of work in schools with groups and like it's, it's around well being, and like students would come up to afterwards and say like, "Oh, sure, I don't know what I want to do." Um, and it's like I don't think like there's a there's there's kind of like a, a stigma or a, a pressure put on that you're meant to have figured it out by like 17 18 years of age yeah. what you want to do for the rest of your life and then you know when i think about it now most of the time we go to college like most of us aren't doing what we went to college to do anyway yeah. um but you were kind of touching upon there and i think it's relevant to i suppose to the gpa and with players who are in college at the moment like there is that sense of or sometimes there's like a shame or a stigma associated with dropping out where if you're a year into a course or half a year or whatever it is two years in um about kind of 
realizing you've made a mistake and trying to adjust so i just kind of want to go back to how long did you stick out the the degree that you were doing in ucd and then did you actually make that decision to drop out eventually yeah so i nearly went like went into the second second year of it and i actually just said to myself like uh, who am i kidding i ended up i ended up just working uh just working and i was like i'm i'm living in dublin nearly half letting on to my parents that I'm that I'm I'm in college and doing a bit of work on the side I ended up working more than I was bloody going to college in fact I, I went to very little college after a while um so what then, were you working at at that point was it just was it something on the side it was just yeah just something on the side literally just um anything at all really just a few few little mixers here and there kind of thing and basically anything to do to get out of college um yeah, so that was that was that, and I was working at the weekends then in a in a pub in in back home in Gory. So I, I worked there kind of for the like while I was in school, um, up until that period, and and it was just like it was just something I knew work rate wasn't wasn't an issue there. You know that was never never be an issue. Uh, you know, getting up out of bed early in the morning or staying late to work, it wouldn't be a problem. Um, but then I just I just kind of thought to myself, right, who am I kidding here, like. Who am I? I'm trying to burn the candle at both ends, um, in my whole life, and and just you know why not let something give, uh, and yeah, so I just I just done that, and I think it's probably the best thing I've done, and looking back on it, I wish I would have done it sooner, um, and like you said there, if there's anyone that is kind of up in the air, and deep down know the answer, just I would just suggest asking yourself the the hard question now rather than you know like you can change something like that you can change something within a week and if you're at that stage you probably know the answer already so you probably know where you're gonna go which i did um i knew what i was wanting to do so i i just said well what are you waiting around for um and that's essentially what happened there yeah and did you reach out to anyone to discuss those options at that time? Again, you know, you're a young, a young man in your twenties, like probably don't know how systems work, or you're trying to figure this all out. Was that something you were trying to navigate yourself? Did you did you talk to anyone? Did you kind of try and um, inform yourself what kind of what did that decision making process look like? Yeah, again, I suppose I, I you know, you probably. I don't know whether it's a male thing or, or what it is where you just think I need to sort this I'm a man and I need to you know you know this kind of macho thing where you just need to why can't you just let loose and tell somebody that you're fucking under pressure um, that was that was where I was at um, and then I met I, I met uh, Evan from the GPA um, one day and I actually didn't even know what to say to him to be honest I didn't I, I felt like I completely wasted his time um, albeit I didn't, uh, but I just I I did like I availed the services there just to have a chat with somebody and say okay, you know, what's going on? I didn't know at the time what was even going on where I wanted to be, and then I just like I said I just sat down to myself and asked the hard questions really and just said right well, what's your story like? Where where what are you doing? And. Uh, broke it down then into what my life is and what I enjoy, what I don't enjoy, you know, and, and UCD was definitely in the in the in the cons side of things. Um but there was so many pros 
you know, health and fitness. Uh, obviously, sport was a massive part of my life, and I just thought to myself, like, why, why, like, I loved helping people, interacting with people, sport. Um, so I kind of merged them together and, and went down that route. Brilliant. Um, I think one of the points you made there, Connor, and just to kind of recap it is because I know, like, when I've like I've worked with the GPA before as like a player engagement officer, like a lot of the time, particularly elite sports people, they kind of sometimes they feel like they have to be coming with the answers, like with like they only want to enter the conversation when they kind of know what they're asking for. Um, whereas a lot of time it's actually about figuring out what the right questions are. And you said the word questions there, um, and you said some good ones, be it stuff like, you know, well, what do I actually enjoy doing? What's the essence of me? What am I about? What would I like to do if there was no restrictions or you know those kind of bigger those bigger questions? Um and it's just really powerful when you do that. And obviously it from just from listening to you there, it sounds like that process was and I'm sure this just didn't happen overnight and you go, great, I figured all this out. I'm a great lad. Um, but kind of talk to us a little bit about the change then. So and kind of how you kickstarted that change or I suppose that pivot or that change of career path. Yeah, well, I, I think the biggest thing for me was that um, like the, the biggest obstacle I probably had to face was was I, I mentioned it earlier about, you know, you know, people, what people think of you, you think that your roadmap is just done for you um, for basically the way your sporting career is going, um, what you should do, what you shouldn't do. Um, and I just soon realised that outside influences were actually not having an influence of all, uh, like on my life at all. They were actually just affecting my brain. Um, there, were, there was no actual impact on my life from from people who I was kind of half thinking about might so what I done I just said I don't care um I, I don't care I what anyone thinks I'm going to do exactly what I want to do um I'm going to like work hard on it and you know a, a little bit maybe I don't know maybe a little bit of that kind of competitive side of things where I was fighting against myself where I thought right this is it now like are you going to be the best you can be at this or best yeah you can be at that um and, and what you want to do and don't think about what you're going to be you know who's going to be talking about you who's going to say oh geez he's gone from college and he's gone doing gone doing this now or where's this fella now or, you know that kind of crack and that was the that was the biggest obstacle uh but once i kind of developed that attitude i i I realized how how simple my life could be and how simple decisions could be. So once I developed that, um, I after the twenty sixteen season, I uh, went to England. I went to Nottingham. I went online one day and I uh, applied for a job. And I just went off the cuff. I sent your man a video, um just like a selfie video never done nothing like that in my life before i sent him a video and said listen i i really want to work in this gym uh the reason being is because i i play play sport in ireland and i don't want to be known as a fellow who owns a gym and he plays for wexford i want to be known for a fellow who owns a gym and is a really good coach um and I, I just had that feeling in my head that people would walk into the door, walk in through the door of my gym because I play for Wexford and not because I'm a good coach. Um, 
And that's that's that was a massive thing for me. So on I went. Your man said, I can't believe he sent me a video. I never even, you know, he never even asked me for an interview. But anyway, uh, that was my interview. Um, and that's where I went. And that was the big transition then into kind of the rest of what followed now up until now, really. Yeah, a couple of things that you've just said there. And I mean, thanks for sharing that story because like, there's a lot of like, there's a lot of courage in there. There's a lot of, um, like, I suppose what I'm hearing as well is it sounds like the first time, Connor, or one of the first times where you've, you've had that moment where you go, listen, I'm a hurler and I'm great at it and I love it, but it's also one part of my life and I need to I need to build up other parts of my life and kind of to be able to stand over them and to stand over myself the way I do as a hurler. Um, and kind of, I suppose, going to England takes you out of the bubble of here of the people who know you and that any that sense of if there's pressure or people knowing who you are so what i kind of want to do is just get a better understanding of and I've, I've taken the long way around this question so apologies for that yeah, yeah um how long you spent in nottingham if you had to upskill or educate yourself before that um and how long you were there and then what kind of lessons you took home if that makes sense yeah so um I suppose the first thing was I had to upskill. I had to um I had to get a you know search for personal training and stuff like that. I actually reached out to Colin Callan who um who was running courses uh, elite fitness store. They were he was actually running a Galway branch, and there was a branch in Black Rock, elite uh, performance. And um I went there. I done a done a, done my courses there, and. Uh, that's what I had in my head. Um, I remember speaking to him and he says, what's the crack? Like, are you going to open a gym in, in Gory? And I thought, in my head, I was like, I'm gone. I'm, I, I've made this decision now. It was probably the, probably the Monday after I sent that video and I hadn't heard back anything. So I was like, yeah, well, maybe I will open a gym in Gory. <laughs> but, uh, but um, yeah. And then I got word and I just went. I was probably gone that Saturday. Uh, wow. Yeah, and I just, I, I just like, I don't know. I maybe it was just a bit reckless of me to do, but it was probably a great decision. I went over to family, which wasn't too bad. Um, you know, it, it was kind of it was it made it made things a little bit easier. Um, to well, an easier decision anyway. And um, yeah, again, it was just kind of that fight or flight. Let's see how you go. Let's see, am I any good? Let's see you know all the qualities that i think i have let's see how are they actually qualities of 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 who i am um interacting with people come having good conversations with people or or helping people out um that's kind of where i was at and like i said to you before the only thing i wanted to be was a, a good coach and i just had it in my head that i i wasn't going to be able to fulfill that potential by by sticking around in ireland for for a bit Hi, what can I get you? Hi, uh, can I get two sparkling waters and two... Uh, m- m- Margaritas? No, uh, two... M- Mojitos? No, sorry, uh, just two... M- Moscow mules? Having trouble asking for our famous vodka and gin by name? No problem, because now you can buy your favourite muff liquor in your local super value. The Muff Liquor Company. Come for the name, stay for the taste. Over 18s, drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie. Okay, so how long how long were you in Nottingham for then? I was there. Um, I went over in August, um, and I came back. I came back then probably the end of January. 
Okay. So it was so, nice then, stint. Did, yeah. Did you miss did you miss a club season at that point? Were you coming over and no, back? No, I was flying or? over and back, yeah. You were flying over and back. Yeah. Um no, it's interesting, you know, in an earlier episode of the podcast when when I was chatting with Tom Parsons, he spoke about spending some time abroad in Cardiff and it just giving people that kind of extra particularly at elite athletes in Ireland who are amateur like just giving them that extra breathing room to focus on themselves as a person um to interact with people who probably don't care that you hurl for Wexford or play no, football they don't for even Mayo. Know. like they don't care and they, as you said they don't know um so and how beneficial then was, it, was, was that time for you away um just to have that space to develop yourself as a person um what was that like yeah, like it was, it was probably, it was probably the only time where I really had just absolute time to myself. Um, you know, uh, girlfriend and stuff uh, back home. She was actually planning on going to New York, which she did in the, in the November. Um, so it was, it was kind of just a thing where I, I just had time to just focus on all the stuff that I neglected for a cup for a number of years. Um. You know, I, I left the hurls in, in Ireland. I didn't even think of bringing one over. I didn't want to. Um, and I kind of made it a rule that I wouldn't because, you know, I just didn't want that connection. Not that I, uh, you know, I didn't miss it or anything. Um, and I was flying over and back and stuff at, at times. But it was just it was just a time that I feel like I, I really just worked on myself as a person. And like I said just tackled those things that I that I neglected for a long time in my school and college early college days what were those things just like finding out who I am off the pitch um like I said to you just like just seeing like have I more qualities than than what I'm what I think I have um what are my weaknesses who like what am I vulnerable to um you know and just looking for learnings in 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 just life, like how to survive with it, like just on your own. How to survive? Well, albeit I know I had family there and stuff, but like being kind. How like how long is it going to take me to be comfortable in an uncomfortable situation? Um, because that's what it was. Because it was so quick, um, that I just made that transition, like to to just up and go, um. Yeah, that was that was it. How, how quick am I going to be comfortable now in this situation? And like, you know, how am I going to be meeting new people? Like, I, I had it in my in my head. How long is it going to take me to end up having a couple of drinks with a fella that I didn't know six six weeks before and have the best night ever? You know, that's just the way I am. Just a bit mad that way, but. It sounds like, are you someone that likes to kind of set yourself those challenges or something like a little bit outside the box or just to push yourself because it gets you to kind of to go after or to do something like, I suppose getting out of the comfort zone, is that your way of trying to avoid that? Uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, like it's, it's, I love just setting little challenges. Like I always have something like some of the lads said, be saying to me sometimes like, what are you doing? Like another thing, another thing just to keep my mind sane. I think that's why I do these things. And, um, and again, you're just finding learnings, you're finding weaknesses, you're finding all different things by different challenges. And that was something that I had just had in my head. I only after thinking of that now off the cuff, I remember there's a fella, Nussie uh, is his name. And um, yeah, he's a great fella. But anyway, it just so happened that about six weeks in, we had a great night out in Nottingham and I didn't know him 
you know, six weeks before that, which is good. I still keep in contact with him. He's a great fella. It's funny. Um, you, you said the word, you said the word weaknesses there a couple of times, Connor. And mm-hmm. like, I suppose when you say you're in Ireland and from the, from the sounds of things, your life predominantly was hurling in that environment. So that's a place where ultimately you grow to be very comfortable in, are very strong in. Um, but it's like in terms of you as a person, like what are those development layers? What way were you, like, what were you trying to find out about yourself in those, in that time away? Like was, what was it you were trying, you were scratching around or thinking about? Just anything outside my bubble, to be honest. Um, my weaknesses were my lack of understanding probably for everything that was outside my bubble. You know, there's be and and being thrown into like, uh, you know, there's this uh, Southwell was where I was, um, and like nobody, bar my my uncle and and family know about hurling. Mad Mayo, Mayo, he's Mayo man, he's staunch Mayo, um, and like they don't know, they haven't a clue what hurling is. They love soccer and rugby and the whole lot, and that's that's the thing that that was a in, in, like that was a weakness i suppose that i wanted to turn into a strength and um, i wanted to say okay well i have nothing in, like in common straight off the bat here a person's not talking to me now because they know i play for wexford a person is not able to relate to me now because of harlan they they have to be relatable i have to be relatable through the gym or through body language or um just everyday whatever the everyday conversations um so that was a week they were the weaknesses i had because i wasn't exposed to that as often as as often as others um so yeah that was that was that was really Great. it it sounds like it was such like a beneficial i know i say it was six months or whatever but it sounds like it was such a beneficial time for you as, as a growth period and as kind of you know pushing your pushing the edges of your personality and of your skills so you come home in january then of that's 2017 you're coming home yeah correct yeah so then what's the kind of in terms of life off the field there what's next do you go straight into a gym by yourself then are you looking to get more experience in Ireland? and what happens after that in terms of pushing along that career path yeah so um i was kind of thinking then David Fitz is on the phone. Um, he's only after been drafted in, and he's saying, "Right, what's your story? You're you're in or out? What's going on? Where are you? You know, we're back training this kind of thing." So, um, I was kind of humming and hawing whether I was going to go back into a gym in in Gorey or go out to Dublin or or open my own spot. And I suppose sure, I just saved up saved up money while I was over there. Um, and I just said, "Right, like if you're going to do it." you know six months down the line why don't you just take the gamble now and go for it um and it just just turned out that there was a space there in in the, in the club complex that that was absolutely perfect and readily available to to go so i just i literally just you know went to the chairman and he couldn't believe it he was like oh my god right no problem that's been vacant for a bit um jump in and and, and go for it and let's see how things go and uh I suppose I got a bit of a rub of the green there and the club were very good to me uh, starting out and I just thought it made sense to to just, you know, do my thing now and, and go for it and, you know, do it on my terms and use what I've learned uh, in England to, to, to my own 
kind of I suppose to my own kingdom and go for it. Um, that's that's what I did, and thankfully it it, it paid off and and went well. What did you within that time window then? So you're becoming your own boss, and you're trying to grow your own business. Um, anyone that's listening that runs their own business will know that the pros and cons of that. And but I suppose there'll be some people listening who maybe have thought about it before, or would mm. be interested in kind of open up a business via full time or on the side. So what did you enjoy the most about about pushing pushing that forward and putting yourself out there and going after that? Yeah, it's scary. It's scary, and um, mm. there's 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 a there's a lot of stuff involved. Um, you you need to force kind of force yourself to be extremely organised. Um, you know, there's this kind of perception that being your own boss is, is uh, you know the be all and end all, and you know there's mornings there where you're you're getting up at quarter to five in the morning and you're leaving at nine o'clock, shutting the lights off. Um, and that's that's what you signed up for. That's that's what I keep you know had in my head was, you know, you you made this decision, so you know let's roll with it and let's go. Um, and I suppose when, once it's once something's yours, you really want to see it succeed. Um, and and you want to do anything to make it work. And I suppose that's that's what I tried to push and putting yourself out there, especially in in the fitness game. You know. Look, I'll put it this way, there's there's probably, you know, however many fitness coaches around the place and I had I had some stuff then that was to my advantage to try get people in the door, but it, I don't know whether it's an Irish thing or, or what it is, just putting yourself out there is just not this, you know, really casual, easy thing to do. But again, like I said, it was something that I was I was uh I probably neglected before where I, I would have wanted to do this, that and the other and didn't do because you'd be thinking of, oh, geez, what do people think of you? And after a while, I just said, fuck it, I'm just gone. Oh, let's go. Um, and again, when once it comes to your business and and your livelihood, you, you'll do anything to, to, to make sure that, you know, it is successful. Um, so that's that's been going on or you've been doing that a couple of years. And I suppose like an obvious question at this point is with, and I, I usually try and get through interviews or conversations best I can without talking about COVID. But in terms of your industry and this work, like it's something that had such a profound impact on on the industry. Um, how challenging was the last couple of years been f- for you? Then, in terms of you've put so much work into build up a business, people coming in one to one sessions or small groups, small classes. Um, I presume they were completely wiped out for a while, Connor. Were they? Yeah, wiped out, um, wiped out, and do you know something? Uh, just with with time commitments and and stuff. Obviously, with with GA and you know, going into the club scene and then going straight into you know, basically that window of nothing, sport wise for maybe three four months of the year. Going into a January again in the gym is like really really busy. Um, I always had it in my head that I wanted to go online. And COVID forced me to do that, which in ways was a positive thing. Um, it was something that I really wanted to do and just never felt I could put in the time to 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 do well at that. Um, but it was something I always wanted to do. And like I said, COVID kind of forced that. Um, while there was not as many bodies coming in the door, if any, um, you know, the online game now, your, your audience is the whole world. Um, 
and you know i've i have a couple of people i actually have two people in boston at the moment which is mad to think that are, are doing a program at the moment which is which is crazy um and yeah it's it's really enjoyable again to meet people and talk to people that are have no idea about ga and just respect you for for the for the stuff you do in the gym or the programs you give or the guidance you give and how does that taking that program online then how does that work practically so if someone's listening that's would be interested in that and says actually you know if i'm busy or i have kids i can't i can't take the time to go to a gym to then have to drive back to come home or shower that i could but i could make 30 40 minutes in the room upstairs or out in the shed or out in the garage at the back how does that work for someone explain to us a little bit more about the actual practicalities of that as a service and how it would work for an individual yeah, so the one thing I've learned, obviously, from my own from my own kind of sport and career and stuff is, is you know, you need to try and manage your time the best you can for, for all sorts of things, for family, your your gym, your your downtime, your social time, whatever it may be. Um, so any of the services that I have offered or am offering at the moment, they're all based basically on the person, whether you have gym access, whether you can't. Uh, access a gym if you have four kids and you you just there's no hope of you getting to a gym um whether you work you know late shifts or whatever it may be it's all based on the one person um and that's i find you could do this kind of generic thing of you know here's a plan go on you go kind of thing and i just i've, I've just I was going to start doing that and when I was about to press the button and say yeah let's launch this I kind of said no like that's why I had people in the gym was because I love that interaction I love being on a zoom now yeah being on a zoom now even or, or throughout covid say okay I done lives for nearly 50 days in a row on, uh, during covid because I just wanted to feel like I was interacting and and, and helping people and and that was that's you know that's the big thing for me so any services that i offer are all one-to-one um you know people often say you know if they write to you on instagram say they want to get involved in something just for a prime example right and they say uh you know you're not like why why would you answer back or you know there could be anybody texting you and is is that not the beauty of all this you know that's what i always think so just connection with people is 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 basically the the thing that i always search for and that's the services then that i offer is is trying to get as much interaction with the person because essentially then you're going to get the best results yeah and if anyone wants to like get more information about that connor or look at where do they go to what do they what do they look up yeah just uh, instagram is probably the biggest thing for for me and the most engagement um so jump on the instagram i've stuff up there the whole time little little links there all the time okay great and we'll go from there yeah brilliant um no i mean it's 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 great to hear that obviously in such a challenging time and that you know you're able to adapt to a business model that suits your lifestyle and kind of what way you want to work um and then i know you mentioned earlier it's also doing it that way has also probably opened up more time for you so you're not based in it have to be based in a set place or be in a situation so you're doing some more work at the moment as well are you yeah so i'm actually i'm working in the state agents auctioneers and estate agents uh in in dublin at the moment as well um so again it's opened up more doors to me it's something that i, I kind of always had an interest in um and uh yeah look at i i i really went off the cuff there we were beaten in the club 
in um, in a quarter final, and I suppose you know you've a couple of days after that heavy disappointment and all that, and you're just thinking, right, what's going on now? You've you've a bit of a gap there. What's what's happening? And I just I suppose with with COVID and and everything that was go- was going on, and I know you said we, we it's hard to go you know through a full conversation without not talking about COVID but it has had is you know there's been a fair few positives that's came over from me with the online and also realizing that I, I did want to do more and wanted to do you know different stuff and again this decision was probably a little bit easier than the first time around and um, because I had that kind of attitude of saying yeah if you if you want to do this you, you go do it um, go go after it and, and and that's that's basically what I did. Um again a little bit like the uh a little bit like the, the England story. I rang a fella one day just completely off the cuff and I asked him uh what the story was. There was there was a job offered and he said to me, If you want to come up for an interview, have you any previous experience? I said, No, I've study I'm studying um at the moment and uh I went into studying then and uh, he said, uh, right, sure, can you come up on a Thursday? I said, I'm actually in Dublin on Tuesday, if that's even better for you. Yeah, cool. I had the job, so grand, perfect, uh, ideal. Threw myself in again. So that's been since uh, since August of last year. Um, and yeah, really, really, really uh, enjoying that, I have to say. And I'm enjoying that nice mix as well to be able to get, get back, get into the online stuff as well. And uh it's heavy going it's busy but it's uh it's enjoyable that's what that's where you want to be is busy yeah i was just going to say like that that variation for you like it sounds like you know at the going back to the earlier part of the conversation you're the hurler and that's kind of the big pillar in your life and all the focus is there and there's some scratching around and some searching and okay you find the gym stuff and the fitness stuff you go to nottingham you come home you're in your own business but like i mean are you someone that after doing something for two or three years or or just start to wonder well, what else could I do? What's kind of the next thing in terms of, you know, just push it, just stretching the boundaries of yourself as a person and finding that, you know, I'm sure already doing that work that you've just described, I'm sure you've already had to work on some skills that maybe weren't as fine tuned or you didn't even know you yeah. had in terms of is, does that kind of make sense what I'm saying to you that like, you know, you might, you might be someone that kind of just keeps evolving and kind of testing yourself in different areas. Yeah, yeah, I suppose so. Um, I, like, uh, just the biggest thing was was that I was, you know, with the online stuff in the gym, it it did free up stuff. Um, and I like I decided then to part ways with 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 the actual in house physical stuff. Um, and 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 just continue focusing on online. Um, simply because I wanted to challenge myself, and I just thought it was the right move. There's so much uncertainty. I was dying to open up, you know, from the first lockdown into the second lockdown. And after a while, then I reevaluated everything and just realized how much is this going to benefit me um, and and what's the best thing to, to do to move forward. And uh, yeah, like, I suppose you're right. I, I, I just have this thing in my head that I want to be better, um, be a better person, really. And I suppose the... The, the thing is as well that you know while we spoke about it earlier on 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 the sporting pitch uh you know you're always trying to be up high level or get to a higher level and higher level i suppose that's what i'm trying to be now as a person and that always hasn't been you know a focus in my life um, and okay. so that's yeah that's kind of where it's at at the moment 
Yeah, just kind of as we as, as look to wrap this up, Connor, can I just ask kind of that whole journey that we've talked about, like have how did the did the GPA support you during that window? Were they of any benefit to you as you tried to like transition or pivot or do new things? Um, was was were they helpful to you? Yeah, to be fair, I have to say that the GPA have always been all hands on deck in regards to you know a lot of things, and I know. I know the, in particular for when I was starting out with the gym and and starting out, you know, getting my certs and 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 all that for, in order for um for the coaching aspect of of everything, uh they were very helpful and like I said, um Colin Callan was 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 a massive help for me, um and he was able to put me in touch with who he got in contact with, um so I have to say the GPA have have, have always been. You know, like I say, all hands on deck when it comes to, you know, uh, I don't know, progression of 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 people's lives outside, you know, stadiums, and um, you know, even at that, I probably haven't utilized them as as much as I uh, should have or I would have liked. Um, but I suppose that's just kind of, it's been on me, and like like I said from from the start, uh, for a long time it was probably my ego to go do it yourself and not ask for any help which is which is you know looking back on it now is not the is not the answer and it's not it's not the be on an end all to, to ask for help in fact it's it, it is the be on an end all you have to ask for help um to progress and that's that's really it you know and, and they definitely do a great job at that yeah if it's a, if it was to put it to you like obviously you're someone now who's a leader in your own dressing room and be respected player all around the country like if any intercounty players listen to this right now that's on defense about if they're in college and thinking about you know changing their path or in terms of career what advice or kind of what would you say to to a to a player who's kind of feels like they're at a crossroads and doesn't know what way to turn um ask yourself the hard questions um and you, you look at you know what the hard questions are and and the sooner you ask yourself the hard questions the sooner you know the answers and deep down you before you ask the questions you'll probably know the answer anyway so that's that's what I've done I'm not saying that's the right way to do anything but it's it's something that's definitely worked for me um I would probably be one of the most critical people of my own game on the pitch so I I developed that attitude um, into my everyday life and I'm, I know an awful lot of inter-county players especially nowadays are so hooked on stats and where they're hitting these targets and there's you know their physique and and just the whole GA as a whole has is, is just gone up another notch every single year it seems to be getting better and better um, and the demands are more and more and players demand more of themselves so I just find if you're asking yourselves the, the hard questions on the field then off the pitch you, you can do the same thing and um, the rewards come from that they they come on the pitch and they they come definitely off the pitch and I, like I said I don't know if that's the right answer I don't know if there is a right answer but that's something that's definitely worked for me No I appreciate your time today Connor. I appreciate your honesty um, so just as I wrap up I'll just say Connor McDonald thank you no, Thanks very much Alan Players Voice Podcast is brought to you by the Gaelic Players Association in collaboration with Real Talks. To listen to previous episodes with the likes of Tom Parsons, Vicky Wall and Neil McManus, make sure to subscribe by searching The Players Voice on whichever podcast platform you prefer. 
And while there, you would really be helping us out if you rated or reviewed the show. Don't forget, you can find out more about the GPA's Bio360 program by visiting bio360.gaelicplayers.com. My name is Alan O'Mara, and to find out more about my work as a performance and wellbeing consultant, please go to www.realtalks.e or find me on Twitter and Instagram at AOMTheCat. Thanks for listening.